Shorthanded, Smith coming down the middle on the backhand, he shoots, he scores! Listen to the fortress, it's a shorthanded goal for Riley Smith. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights get the puck out of the zone, here's Stone, lead Stevenson coming in, down the middle, he gets a backhander off, and it's in! Chandler Stevenson! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Back at it. Fun hour number one as we uh, open up the phone lines for you to have your say about what's going on in VGK land. Also uh, got into the Robin Leonard decision to not go to the Olympic uh, Winter Games in Beijing. Hour number two will uh, center around some major changes with two organizations as another general manager is cut loose. The Vancouver Connects completely cleaning house. Both coach and general manager and the Philadelphia Flyers announcing today that Elaine Vigneault had been let go as head coach Mike Yo is behind the bench. They are playing tonight, so they made that change this morning and uh, and then are on the ice tonight against the Colorado Avalanche. Did not start well as the uh, Philadelphia Flyers were down 4-1 uh, early on, but have since uh, made it close. We'll uh, get into uh, that with Brian Lawton in just a little bit. Uh, Darren Millard along with uh, Ryan Wallace. So want to make sure that uh, you are uh, rewarded for all of your uh, attentiveness during this program. VGK fans, listen up for your chance to win the Insider's Ultimate Holiday Tailgate Hookup, brought to you by Porta Subs. Keep on listening to be caller number nine to get hooked up with a two-foot sub from Porta Subs that will instantly get you in to win the grand prize, the Insider's Ultimate Holiday Tailgate Prize Package. That will include a charcoal grill. A charcoal grill. Yeah. Pop-up canopy. Yeah. Two camping chairs, a cooler, a Bluetooth speaker, crank those tunes, and not to mention a six-foot sub provided by Porta Subs. Caller number nine. Give us a call. So 702-876-1340. There you go. And we also have tickets uh, to give away to the Flyers game on Friday and the Sunday game against the Minnesota Wild. So uh, we'll open up uh, the phone lines for that side of it uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but uh, our, uh, our focus right now, uh, is going to uh, revolve around uh, the the Vegas Golden Knights and where they go during the summer. You know, the homestand a couple of games ago where they went 5-1, and one, he seemed to turn a page. I mean, they were still scrapping, clawing, and going through injury. But when you add in oh, what happened last night, they're 7-2 and two in their last nine at the Fortress. Yeah, I, they've they've been really good. and And I think that... You know that's why I look at this team right now, and I say as as much as results matter and they're important. Um, the games they played the last two against Arizona and against Calgary uh, at home on Sunday night, like that's how I want to see the Golden Knights play night in and night out. And I think if they can do that, uh, as you look ahead to Dallas and Philadelphia and Minnesota, like. This is a another one of those homestands where if the Golden Knights can get three of four, you're you're looking at it and saying they're in great shape moving forward and continuing to climb up the standings in the Pacific Division. Dallas is playing great hockey. Uh, they've uh, been a bit of a surprise so far in that Central Division, and we know all about the Minnesota Wild from uh, their initial 
uh, collision with the Vegas Golden Knights this year that uh, they haven't given anything back uh, after that big step forward last year. You'd love to be able to win two of the next three, uh, maybe all three, uh, which is what they did. They won the first four of that uh, six-game homestand. Can they repeat that and uh, and really uh, vault themselves into a good spot when they go on to the East Coast road trip? Uh, we'll, we'll follow it, but uh, just the, the overall production, poise, like... Calgary, Calgary is the best team in the National Hockey League in first periods with with goal mm-hmm. differ, differential, and and Vegas came out in the positive side of it yesterday. That that between that and and the game Friday in the first period, back to back good starts, and and maybe they've they've worked their way through the the wonky opening minutes. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really strong period uh, to open up for the Golden Knights uh, against Calgary. I, I was encouraged again by. You know just how good they were at at creating some turnovers, forcing plays in the defense in the Calgary Flames defensive zone, uh, and I thought the Golden Knights were able to just kind of roll over, win shift after shift after shift, and they made it really difficult for the Calgary Flames to get uh, to get back to pucks, to get through the neutral zone, and to get into the offensive zone. So I thought, you know, just just from that perspective, the Golden Knights were incredibly connected yesterday against the Flames, and and that's kind of the blueprint of how they have to play moving forward. Since we last talked to you, two games, two wins, two games to evaluate on the VGK Insider Show. You see what I do that time with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper, all right? They want the pepper. I'm going to guess that this will be the quickest, most efficient, uh, and uh, (laughs) easiest uh, evaluations that have ever been served up out of the VGK Insider Show. That said, Chapman is here. Uh, Chapman is is, is going to go first. He tends to to vary his opinion and come at it from left field. But a 7-1 win over the lowly Arizona Coyotes. And then you follow that up with a 3-2 victory against the first-place Calgary Flames in the Pacific Division. Not much to critique uh, from this one. Chappie. Yeah, pretty easy. Uh, Friday night is a Carolina Reaper. Uh, They went to the fortress in the Sonoran Desert and took care of business. They did exactly what they were supposed to do against that team. Last night, Carolina Reaper, look, I I, I thought it kind of had the feel of a playoff game because these are two teams that could meet in the playoffs, and Vegas came out on top. I thought defensively they were very sound. Third line was phenomenal. Robin Leonard played really good, and Golden Knights got timely goals. They stayed out of the penalty box for the most part, and I think that was a really big key because late in that third period, you could see Calgary was trying to kind of get under their skin a little bit, and I thought Vegas did a good job of not playing into that 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 trap, and uh, yeah, Carolina Reaper, pretty easy. Yeah, I'm not going with the feel of a playoff game, but I will uh, acknowledge it was the cleanest game that they played all year. It was so efficient. Uh, where are you, Ryan? Yeah, Carolina Reaper for the 7-1 drubbing of the Arizona Coyotes. Um, I, I love the pedal to the metal uh, second period and, and even looking for offense there in the third period and not sacrificing the defensive side of the puck. And then beyond that, it's you got the Calgary Flames, 3-2 win, very, very connected effort. That's Carolina Reaper for me, pretty easy. Make it uh, six Carolina Reapers. That That's what we do here. Uh, we're, yep. we, we don't uh, just critique for the sake of critiquing. You look at those two wins and those four points and the goal production and then uh, on the flip side, uh, being able to uh, keep a team like the Calgary Flames at bay and uh, they've been going great guns uh, lately. So that's uh, that's been an impressive one. Uh, we should have some kind of big celebration. Everybody, let's let the three of us go up in the town tonight. 
little strip action for uh, for the VGK Insider Show. You treating their uh, daddy warbucks? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be the first nope. one out of town, too. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Poof. I vanish. Uh, but that's, uh, that's six Carolina Reapers off those uh, two wins by the Vegas Golden Knights over the Arizona Coyotes and the Calgary Flames. Impressive performances and a team that, uh, that in, in Vegas that has got through all the injuries and now is healthy and able to uh, start eyeing up a climb up the standings. Now, Anaheim's ahead of them. Edmonton's ahead of them. The Calgary Flames, uh, who they beat yesterday, are still ahead of them. But you see, you see a path now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yesterday's game, as great as it was, and uh, how controlled uh, they were in, in, in the play, I, I think that there's there's a route to to getting back into that uh, that first place race before Christmas. Yeah, I I think that. There's certainly an avenue for the Golden Knights to, to go down that path. It, it all comes down to kind of what they do over the next two weeks. And, you know, as, as you look at this homestand and, and how important it is for Vegas, if you could get three or four here and then you go out on the road on that big uh, road trip to, to Boston and then you got the Devils and the Rangers and the Islanders, if the Golden Knights can get uh, a little bit more, than just 500 uh, winning uh, points percentage on that trip, then all of a sudden you're in really good shape. It's not a foregone conclusion that uh, every team survives something like that. And we've witnessed it uh, in the last couple of weeks as uh, teams make changes in and around their front office and behind the bench. Uh, Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, pleased to be joined by uh, former general manager in the National Hockey League, uh, former first overall pick and uh, analyst with the NHL Network. It's uh, my good friend Brian Lawton, who joins us for a couple of minutes, who's taking time out of a very busy schedule, and I do appreciate it, Brian. Uh, Vancouver cleans house, uh, and uh, Philadelphia makes a change behind the bench. Are you surprised at either move? No, I don't. I wasn't surprised. I mean, obviously, it's tough to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, people go through what they've gone through. If anything, those both of those moves maybe felt a little overdue. That's why I'm not surprised. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, Philly just you know was showing no life. You knew something was going to happen there in Vancouver. Uh, you knew that was just a matter of time as well. Uh, the owner and uh, the new uh, interim general manager, Stan Smeal, uh, spoke uh, earlier, and it's it's about trying to find some life. And, and uh, one thing I do keep hearing, and I'm a big, I like Travis Green. I had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. But it, there, there didn't seem to be a lot of life or fun around that young group. And how much do you think that went into making the change? That's a big part of it. I mean, this is a hard game, but. You got the coaches in today's world got to find ways to keep it fun, creative, exciting, new, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a grind to play in the National Hockey League. I, personally, I think Travis Green is an excellent coach, but things were not working there. And I'm not quite sure why. I'm not on the ground. That's why you got to get some people in there and take a look under the hood and find out exactly what was wrong. But in terms of his coaching ability, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it just wasn't working. Did you did did Gabby share with you? Because Bruce Boudreaux goes back in. Uh, he's hired by the Vancouver Canucks, and he was working uh, uh, with Brian over at the NHL Network. Did you know beforehand? I kind of did. I worked with <laughs> Bruce maybe three nights ago. Yeah. Uh, these are the fun stories. He's in the bathroom. His mic's on. I got to go tell him to turn his mic off. <laughs> 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 and it was. Uh, <laughs> I was working with Adnan Burke, 
And he's looking at me, and I don't think he heard any of that. And he says, what the heck is wrong with Bruce tonight? I said, I don't know. I think he's got some things on his mind. Now, to be fair to Bruce, he was also talking about the Spangler Cup, and mm-hmm. he was very excited about that opportunity. Is that something that was on his plate as well? He was going to go over there and coach that team for Canada. So uh, I'm super happy for him. Uh, I didn't know Bruce as well as I got to know him here at the network. And like a lot of fans in America, I knew him from a few-week run of yes. HBO's Run to the Cup. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't his finest moment, as I used to tease him. But what a delightful human he is. What a positive guy. Uh, for everything that was lacking that you're talking about, Darren, in terms of lack of fun, that'll change. You know, Bruce will find ways to uh, change things up there. I don't know how good they're going to do, but I know they're going to do better. I have no doubt about that. And that's not a reflection on uh, Travis Green. I just think sometimes, you know, the, the class needs a new teacher. That's all. Brian Lawton's with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. You know, and kind of along those lines, Elias Pettersson has struggled this year just in, in the goal-scoring touch, the points, not where they, they you'd expect them to be. Like, How much can, can Bruce Boudreaux kind of reignite Elias Pettersson and get him playing to his potential? Well, I think more than anything, you got to give these guys a reset. This is a really tough year for Vancouver, but at the same time, you just got to find a way to let some of the players, they have a lot of good players on that team, catch their breath, Kind of give him a do-over. We'll go City Slickers, Billy Crystal movie, <laughs> yes, and United yes, States. Yes. Just give him a chance to. I'm being dead serious about that. Not about the movie City Slickers. Great movie, you know that, Darren. But about guys just having a fresh attitude. Bruce will do that. I have no doubt about it. He's just he's been around. He's seen it all. He's going to find a way to make it positive, keep it positive. And a guy like Elias Pettersson, who really was just a shell of himself year and hasn't really played up and up to the level he set for himself in his first 18 months in this league. Uh, something's got to change there. He is just way more talented than he's been playing. Yes, I know he was having some poor luck, but it went beyond that. It didn't look, as you said, Darren, like he was having any fun. And when you're as good as that guy is, you should have a lot of fun in the National Hockey League. Is it salvageable in Philly where they make the change with, with still – I think some expectations of getting back into a race. I think it's going to be tough for them. You know, I'm watching that game right now in preparation to go on for NHL network, uh, in about 45 minutes or so. And your mic's not on, is is it? No, my mic's not on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm certain of that. Although you never, you never know where a hot mic is. Right. Uh, but in any event, um, eight goals in this game so far. Colorado leading 5-3. They're up 4-1 at one point. Philly is having a really tough time in their own zone. And I don't expect it to change in one day. But they're going to have to find a way to correct that and correct it fast if they want to compete in the monster division that the Metro is. I thought that job, and I was with you, uh, the the change was was coming. Uh, it was just a matter of time, really. And I'm not even sure whether Vancouver made the change when they did to try and beat Philadelphia to to their guy uh, if, if they were worried that Bruce Boudreaux might be in consideration for the Flyers job. But when Philly made the announcement this morning, 
I was waiting to get the the text uh, or the announcement that it was Rick Tockett. I'm I'm a little bit surprised in that. That it wasn't that. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are. It really feels inevitable. Like Rick will coach there one day. It might be one day soon. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the change to Mike Yo is interesting. Having managed a club, you know, it's not a it's not a great show of faith in the general manager. You know, rather than uh, and maybe not go out because there are some. You know, big name coaches out there. They're right. coming out of a guy though that's on a five year deal at twenty five million. He's made it about halfway through that contract. So that that's interesting to me. Mike and Chuck have a long history. They've done well together. Uh, Mike was the only guy that really survived that coaching staff, uh, of course, with Vino and Terry on let go. So interesting times, but uh, I do agree with you that Rick is a guy, and I had Rick in Tampa as a head coach, and uh, he has just really worked at his craft, uh, not surprising with a guy with his work ethic, and um, he really did a excellent job in Arizona, and that was great to see, and I have no doubt one day, and I don't know when it'll be, but one day he will coach the Philadelphia Flyers for sure. One more for you. Uh, as somebody that's gone through this as a manager, uh, can you give us like a What's the process like uh, when when you're going to make a move like this? Where, on one hand, it was the owner that appeared to do it in Vancouver uh, because the manager also went, and uh, in Philadelphia, more on that line where Chuck decides that he's he's got to make a change, and he did it early. You did it early uh, as well in, in Tampa Bay. I did. We made a change after 16 games with uh, Barry Melrose, who's a great guy and a friend of mine. Um, but it wasn't working, and it's tough. You know, it's these are tough situations that I'm talking a little bit from experience when I'm talking mm-hmm. about Chuck. I mean, I, I did not have any other choices to hire anybody else at that time. I was given one choice. If I wanted to make a change at Coach Rick, I would be the head coach. Um, ultimately, that's what we did. And there's a variety of reasons why those things can happen. I won't go into it. <laughs> Back in those days in Tampa, but uh, there's a lot of factors that people weigh when making those types of decisions. And, uh, you know, ultimately, I felt we'd be better served with uh, turning the reins over to Rick, and we made that change. But it was not easy. Barry is a friend now, was a friend then. And these are tough decisions. People are losing their jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, they're incredibly disappointed. You know, everybody that's been in hockey for any amount of time, certainly myself, uh, you know, there's all kinds of highs and lows in this business, and you deal with them. Um, Sometimes it's remarkable, uh, the things that people go through when it doesn't work out. Do you want to manage again? I do, 100%. Yeah. I was thinking about you in Vancouver. I have not spoken to anybody in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Always be transparent. You know, but we'll see what ha- we'll see what happens. There's a lot of things happening in the league. Um, you just have to be prepared, and that's why I work at NHL Network. It keeps me totally sharp and current. Um, you know, I take all the assignments here that people don't always want. Doing the draft, you can appreciate that, Darren. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of fun, especially on day two for seven hours. But you learn so much, but- right? You learn so much. I love it, but it's it's all about preparation mm-hmm. for me. 
in case something ever does uh, come up that's the right fit. Well, I think you'd be great, uh, great fit there uh, as they do the due diligence. Uh, I know you got to go on the air, but uh, thanks for uh, sharing a couple minutes' time and your experiences, both as an analyst and as a former general manager. You're the best, pal. My pleasure. I was sorry I was out there for, believe it or not, a Lionel Richie concert. You guys were out of town. I wanted to catch up with you for a adult beverage, but it didn't happen. You guys were on the road. It'll happen again because I, I guarantee you'll be back in. Are you coming to All Star? Uh, I believe that I am. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, you don't have to stay on my couch, but uh, we'll definitely hang out. I'm past the days of sleeping on your couch. <laughs> 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 oh, lots. You're a beauty. Uh, have a great show tonight. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. See Good luck. Bye. Brian Lawton, uh, former manager, first overall pick uh, the National Hockey League. Uh, he's been through making the tough choices. And that's just that's fascinating, Ryan, when you when you hear what goes into it. Sometimes it's the owner, sometimes it's the manager that that, that want to make changes with the coach. Sometimes they disagree on that. And yeah. uh, uh, and who's gonna take over? Uh, the, those those kind of behind the curtain uh, situations. You only find them here on the BGK Insider Show. Yeah, no, it was a great, great uh, poll getting Brian on the show. And, you know, you, you should absolutely let him sleep on your couch if, <laughs> if he needs it. Like, that's that's ridiculous. I can't believe you just be like, you don't have to do this, but, you know, we can <laughs> hang out. Like, well, such a such a sneaky, snarky thing to do, Darren. Uh, let him sleep on my couch? No, no, tell him he can't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, it's it's no, greasy no. to tell him he can't do that. Come on, no, he's, he's bigger. He's bigger than that. Uh, so Doug McLean, uh, buddy, Mike managed uh, and was president of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and he had to, he had to make a change, and he was told by the owner. This is story time with Millard. He was Doug was told by Mr. McConnell, "You are making the change, and uh, it's going to happen tonight." And Doug said, "I I don't think we should make the change." Paraphrasing again. Uh, yes, you're you're making the change. Okay. Um, well, who's going to coach? You are. <laughs> but but that and so you see different different areas. Uh, Vegas made a change in coach a couple yeah. of years ago, and and they were able to go out and hire like one of the great coaches in, in the NHL in, in Pete DeBoer to come in. Uh, others in Philadelphia right now. I'm not sure whether that's an ownership decision, whether that's a check because Chuck had. Uh, Mike Yo in Minnesota for a long time, yeah. like, and and Mike, Mike's yeah. been an assistant coach in Philadelphia. So maybe there was like that that if if this doesn't go right, he's my guy. Uh, that type of situation. Uh, but then uh, Brian Lawton said he made the change from Barry, and there was only one guy that he could hire that that he was going to hire that he was allowed to hire that uh, that he had the. Uh, uh, with to hire or, or, or rope to hire because they didn't have a lot of cash right then. Uh, to go right. out and then hire an, another coach. So uh, it it there are very different areas. The Vancouver one is interesting because they hire the coach, Bruce Boudreaux, and they bring in yeah. Scotty Walker, who's uh, a, a good coach too. He's done a lot of junior hockey and then a little bit in, in the National League as an assistant. But uh, they hire Bruce, an established guy. Bruce took over the Washington Capitals for his first job, and that was coming off uh, Glenn Hanlon, and he got – like, that was about fun and letting the Washington Capitals go, yep. and and he and they went. Boy, did they go! Mike Green and 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 that that core. 
Uh, then he, he went and he took over the Anaheim Ducks off of Randy Carlisle. Now, that's good cop, bad cop. I think, I think Randy took over from Bruce uh, on the other side of that, too, uh, which is a weird scenario in Anaheim. <laughs> but, but you got good cop coming in off bad cop. Fun. Yep. Uh, Minnesota, not as much. And I believe he took over from Mike Yo in Minnesota. Uh, but there, the, he, was a, he was going in there to, to not be the fun guy, but to, to sort of grab control of the room because there was a lot of personalities, two of which got it bought out uh, this past summer uh, mm-hmm. in that room. So to, he was the established guy. This is sort of back to, to the old Bruce scenario where he's going to put some fun in there and he's going to let them go a little bit. And uh, I will be shocked if Hughes doesn't go on a, on a heater, uh, if, if uh, uh, Pedersen doesn't start lighting it up. Uh, Horvath, like, I, I think there's, there's something. Now, the, the Pedersen thing is weird because he apparently changes sticks over the summer, and mm-hmm. he couldn't get in his old stock because um, either they were, they were sold or I don't know. He couldn't get uh, when it, things didn't work with his new twigs. Uh, he couldn't get. So I don't know whether it's all equipment or whether it's attitude, but we're gonna, I think we're going to find out. Whether it's between the years or whether it's really an equipment thing with uh, Elias Patterson here, because Bruce is going to make it fun for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, unlocking Elias Patterson is is really the the biggest thing for the Vancouver Canucks. Like, it is as as good as he was early on in his career, and as as lethal as his shot was, and how much confidence he played with as a rookie. Uh, if you can get him back to that stage and improve upon it, get him better, get him confident, get him playing loose, uh, then I, I think the Vancouver Canucks are, are going to start stringing together uh, uh, some some good looks here. Uh, with Quinn Hughes, I think you're absolutely right. Like Bruce Boudreau, I, I think, can get the most out of this team offensively um, because he's he's been that type of coach that's been able to unlock some players, get them playing uh, with a, a little bit more fun and gusto, and he's he's been a really really solid coach that's won more than he's lost in the regular season. And for a team that has been middling over the last couple of years, uh, you want that experience to lean on. Three coaching changes uh, have been filled by within the organization. Uh, the, the the fourth is Bruce Boudreaux. There's, mm-hmm. there's four coaching changes this year. Uh, yeah. Florida, filled from within. Philadelphia, filled by the assistant coach. And uh, Chicago, filled from, from the Rockford Icehogs, their American Hockey League. And then you've got Bruce Boudreaux coming in. And when, when Brian mentioned, like, there's some big names out there, he's not, he's not kidding. Uh, now, there, there's going to be, you got to pay big dollars for that. And maybe this is is buying uh, a bit of time for some of these organizations. I don't know whether Florida stays uh, the course there. I don't know whether Chicago stays the course with Derek uh, behind the bench. Uh, and and I'm not even for certain that Mike Yo is is the full time replacement there. Uh, but when you have some significant names that are out there, uh, uh, I'm a little surprised that three of the four. We're all uh, from within the organization. Now, the the Vancouver one, hiring the coach before the manager, uh-huh. boggles my mind. <laughs> and I, I, I like Bruce is going to do great. He's going to do sure. he's going to do awesome yeah. there. But 
I just it boggles my mind. And then you have this: you have Stan, uh, the interim general manager, Stan Smeal, Vancouver Canuck, mm-hmm. uh, great, like one of the greatest, uh, most revered, respected people in the organization. I don't think it's a fluke that that he's one hockey sense. He's 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 good, but uh, it like ownership that that buys you a little bit or takes some of the heat off from the media because the media is not going to go after Stan Smeal. That's just a sure. fact there. Yeah. So that's. Uh, whether you're going to call it a shield or, or deflect uh, some criticism uh, away, that's one thing. But then you've got the Sedins and uh, their their capologist, their legal guy, uh, uh, Ryan Johnson, uh, who's who's been through the minor leagues and then and come up uh, a player and uh, and and as and as a coach, like this this consortium that they have going there, and then they're going to hire a manager off of that with mm-hmm. and with the Sedins added in. It's just it's it was already chaotic slash toxic slash I'm I'm trying to find it because because it wasn't chaos it wasn't toxic but it was it was a bad vibe a really bad vibe uh with in and around the lower mainland when it came to Jim Benning and then and then uh Travis Mm -hmm. this doesn't this this affects the vibe with the Vancouver Canucks like I think they're going to win some games now but but when it comes to the chaos and the organization and the direction, I don't know whether this takes care of it. Well, I, I think it's incomplete right now. Like we got to see. But it's what... backwards too. No, I, yeah, in a sense, right? But like, I, I mean, you're just trying to win hockey games right now. Like you're you're trying to get the players on the ice to to get themselves out of of the rut that they're in, and you know, I you look at the roster for the Vancouver Canucks, you look at some of the players and the talent that they have. Uh, yeah, I, I hear you. you. Generally speaking, you'd like to have a full-time GM in place before you make uh, a coaching change and you go out and you get, you know, that, that next guy. But right now I, I think that, you know, Bruce Boudreaux makes a lot of sense because regardless of what your hockey operations department looks like on the ice, you have to improve, you have to get better. And I don't think there's a better coach out there right now that, that could that's going to be able to get the most out of that group Mm -hmm. than Bruce Boudreaux. A little bit more on this coming up in one-timers. We'll take a break, but before we do that, we've got some tickets to give away. (laughs) Two tickets to see the Philadelphia Flyers coming up on Friday. If we have, uh, let's let's go caller. what, What would be a good Philadelphia Flyer Hall of Famer number? Hmm. What are you thinking there, buddy? To me? Yeah. You don't Ten. want to go Ten? Okay. Yeah. I, I thought maybe you were going to go Lindros. That was, I saw fear in the eyes of, uh, yeah. of Chad. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm not going to be mean. Caller to number again. 10. Uh, if uh, you get through to 702-876-1340, 702-876-1340, caller number 10. We'll go to Friday's Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Philadelphia Flyers game. At T-Mobile Arena. One-timers are coming up next. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Let's start with a tilt between the Winnipeg Jets and the Toronto Maple Leafs yesterday. Neil Pionk has been suspended for a couple of games for kneeing Rasmus Sundin. That uh, hit was followed up by a play in which Jason Spezza of the Toronto Maple Leafs went down and kneed Pionk. This is later in the game. 
kneed Pionk as he was trying to clear the puck with his hand. Uh, a knee to the head. Jason Spezza has been offered an in-person hearing. The knee that Pionk delivered that got the two games, there's a hit. It wasn't great. It looked like a hockey play gone bad, if I can say that. Yeah. Suspension. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm offended by it. The knee to the head by Jason Spezza of Pionk was retaliatory, was dirty, and very dangerous. It was predatory. That's why like, he gets the two, uh, the uh, in-person hearing. I'd just like you to be right about it. Yeah. Uh, he's right about this. Yeah. That was yeah, it's gonna, nasty. Yeah, it, it was It was pretty gross um, watching it. Um, I mean, I, like, listen, I, it, we haven't seen, like, too many uh, instances this year where kind of games have, have gotten out of hand because of, of hits or or dirty plays. But uh, last night between those two clubs, bad blood for sure. And you know, for Jason Spezza, I, I think you're you're looking at probably six, maybe seven games, and, yeah. and probably worth it. In-person hearings, five. Five plus. Yep. Yep. It was ugly. Uh, we have four general managers who have been uh, swapped out this year. Two of them uh, for not performance-related, like hockey-related. Uh, Stan Bowman, uh, Kyle Beach situation, and then uh, a, a conduct uh, issue with uh, with Bob Murray and Anaheim. But two other managers, the Montreal Canadiens uh, and Mark Bergevin, that one mm-hmm. you could kind of see coming... Not not the team's performance, but he was offered a contract, never signed it, never never agreed to terms, sure. wanted more money. Yeah, uh, and the Jim Benning one, uh, they they've been calling for this for a long time uh, in Vancouver. Who is so both Montreal and and Vancouver are going to hire managers? Do you have a name that you'd say no brainer general manager? We, we know we know all the coaches, but managers are different. Yeah, I mean, I like I would look at, like I would look at teams that have, you know, a director of hockey hockey operations and a general manager, or teams that have a, a pretty um, substantial AGM that's that's kind of waiting in the wings or or whatever the case may be. But as do you remember far Edmonton? As, remember Edmonton had the opening, and and that's mm-hmm. when Vegas said uh, George McPhee. Yeah. Moved up yeah. uh, a notch, and they gave Kelly McCrimmon the job because we all knew that the yeah. first thing Edmonton was going to do was going to uh, call Vegas for permission to talk to Kelly McCrimmon. Yeah, no, well, for sure. And, you know, I, I think that, and I don't know how much substantial, like how substantial this is or not, but, like, as far as the, the Montreal Canadiens job goes with with the gm like you're, you're looking at somebody that that speaks french right yeah. like that's going to be um kind of a, a prerequisite for the job and you know the the gears in my mind start to to go to well what if there is a reconciliation and a homecoming for one patrick wah because that would be fun and it would be interesting and you know you're kind of allowing jeff gorton to to run the ship but you have patrick wah as kind of that that mouthpiece and and the guy that they can kind of connect with the fan base in a different way. Um, if that was something Patrick was interested in, I think that oh, no, might be. Oh, no, he's interested. 
Yeah, I think that might be an interesting uh, interesting fit for the Canadians. He's done everything but hire a skywriter. And, well, and he should probably a, do that. Write a message above Montreal. He, he's he's publicly stated that he's interested. He, uh, even Jeff Gordon said, yeah, I've heard of him was when asked about uh, Patrick Waugh's <laughs> comments. Here's my, my, my two fantasy picks. Just okay. for, because uh, you love chaos. So yeah. Patrick Waugh gets hired as the manager for the Montreal Canadiens. Okay. And Brian Burke has a return to <laughs> Vancouver. He leaves his job as as president of hockey operations uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins, goes back to serve as general manager of the Vancouver Canucks for a second tour, and uh, that is where I think you could have a whole lot of fun. All right. Um, you know what? Like You've talked me into it, I guess, um, just because it would be really funny to see Brian Burke back with the Vancouver Canucks. And, and there's there's a certain degree of explosivity when it comes to Brian Burke. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. That, that works for me. That's Ima- good. Imagine those two working on a trade, too. <laughs> That'd be fun. I, I think Patrick would be a great manager. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think disagree. being the manager of Montreal is a good fit. Or I, I just think there's too much noise there. And... Uh, I, I don't know whether it serves the organization best uh, to put him in that position, but I I think that he deserves a spot as a, as a manager or a coach again in in the National League. I I want Patrick Waugh back in in the the mainstay of of the NHL. I I don't care if it's as a coach. I don't care if it's as a man, manager. I just think that Patrick's one of those unique personalities that you have to have in the game as as much as possible so i'm kind of there with you um you know again it kind of depends on on how much and and what the the delegation of responsibilities are like jeff gorton's very accomplished and and he has done you know you look at the new york rangers and kind of the 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 deals and the, the things that he did there um if you have a need to, to bring in, say, Patrick Waugh, and, and, and he can connect with, with that fan base that I think is, is desperate for connecting to something with the Canadians, then uh, I, you know, I, I look at it and I say, let's go. And, and really, I get to enjoy it from afar, and if it blows up in, in their faces, then it's just more chaos for me. Hey, were you watching uh, any of the Boston Bruins news that came out today? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andrew yeah. Raycroft, uh, a cool, cool guy, uh, former goaltender for the Boston Bruins, now part of their yeah. uh, their television production. But he tweets out and says, uh, uh, the world's best e-bug emergency backup <laughs> goaltender because Linus Olmark couldn't practice today for the for the Boston Bruins. He was sick. Yeah. So who do the Boston Bruins bring in as their emergency backup goaltender for practice? Tuka yeah. Rask. Fantastic. I love it. And it's right. He doesn't have uh, a contract. Uh, Tuka. I love it. But he's been around working with the goalie coaches, everything. And uh, it all signs do point to him playing there again. But this this one was was a different, like, just raised the bar. I, I know that uh, uh, Scott Foster uh, with Chicago had the great night. Uh, David Ayers with uh, Carolina to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs had a great night as emergency backup goaltender. There was two of them that uh, that were part of it last week. Uh, and, and, but but Tuka Rass serving as the emergency backup goaltender is just mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, I I love the idea that that Tuka was just chilling at practice and 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 got to 
to jump in with his old teammates as the e-bug. And, you know, I, I think it's great. Like, it, it's an interesting story. It's a fun story. And, you know, as, as we've talked about a couple of times here on the show, like, this this should be fun. And, you know, credit to credit to Tuka Rask for being available at, on an emergency yeah. notice as the backup goaltender. Well done. Uh, one job. other goaltending note uh, for you. The Dallas Stars have put Ben Bishop uh, in the American Hockey League on a conditioning mm-hmm. assignment. So, Bishop, we've talked about this a little bit on the show. We, we saw the, the leaves turning in this direction. But I, I believe that you're allowed to be down there for three games. You can apply for an extension. Uh, he hasn't played since the bubble uh, in yeah. Edmonton. Uh, coming off, uh, He's coming off a knee procedure that uh, that's taken much longer to uh, get back to health. But, but Ben Bishop is knocking on the door of being back in the National Hockey League if, if his skills are there. Yeah, I, I want the condition. I want the conditioning stint to go well. I want Ben Bishop to be eligible to play in the NHL, and I want to see what the Dallas Stars are going to do with Anton Hudobin, Braden Holtby, and Ben Bishop all available to play. I, I'd and love Jake it. Ottinger just sitting there going, "What did yeah, I well, do? Yeah. All I There's, did was play great." Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's too much of a good thing and what do you what's it going to get you that's that's what i'm looking for yeah so if you're looking for goaltending philadelphia yep uh if you're looking for goaltending buffalo edmonton uh if you're looking for uh, edmonton yeah maybe maybe mm. oh Connor mcdavid uh got kicked out of a game the other night for a hit he did uh yeah. no suspension coming his way he has been suspended in the past and he was fine last year but uh no suspension coming for uh for Connor mcdavid uh, those are your one-timers for this Monday, December the hmm, of Fox Sports Las Vegas. We have tickets to give away. <laughs> that was smooth. <laughs> tickets! Tickets! Uh, oh, ticket, uh, tickets to see the Minnesota Wild, the Vegas Golden Knights on Sunday. If you want to <laughs> go to that game, be caller number 13, 702-876-1340. We give away prize packages. We give away tickets to the Flyers. We give away tickets to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, right now, be calling number 13. Yeah! 702-876-1340. This is Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Just before you go, uh, Colt Conrad on a professional trial with the Henderson Silver Knights, meant to mention this uh, during one-timers, works that PTO into a two-year contract. Uh, he scored a couple of goals uh, lately, so that's an awesome thing. Three goals in his last five games. Congratulations to Colt Conrad Chapman. All right. Today we'll talk about a uh, an NHL legend who is now coaching in the KHL. Did something very unorthodox in yesterday's win Sergei Fedorov is the coach of CSKA Moscow, and they were taking on their rival, Dinamo Moscow, who feature two former Golden Knight legends in Vadim Shipashev and Oscar Lindbergh. So the game goes into overtime, Mm -hmm. and Fedorov pulls the goalie to make it a four-on-three in the overtime session, and they end up scoring a goal. They win the game 3-2 to two in overtime. Fedorov with the unorthodox move, and apparently it's the second time this season that he's done it. I like it. You've already secured the point. There's a distinct advantage of a four-on-three. It's kind of a cool thing, and it's worked for Sergei Fedorov. 
So it wasn't, they weren't on the power play, no. four on three, and no. he makes it a five on three. No. He no. just pulls the goalie to make just it four Just pulls the goalie three. to make it four on three. And I would imagine icing is still in play because it's not a power play. So 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 kind of cool. I like it. This has got you asking Pete DeBoer about it. Oh, uh, tomorrow. It's it. on. It's on, Pete. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, I would never. No, no. Why? You've asked Why way worse you? than that. Have I? Yeah. I don't, I don't think I have. I mean, I've asked some bad ones, but I don't know if I've asked worse than that. You know, I, if I could come up with a creative way to ask him. What? Have you ever? We saw this happened yesterday in the KHL. Yes. With so, Sergei Fedorov. You ever thought of that? Yeah. It doesn't have you, to no, be creative. It actually, yeah. it can be you straightforward. Ever, <laughs> you ever consider that? You know what? Do you I, want me to write it out for you? No, no, no. I, I, It's on. It's on. What if I ask it first? No, well. <laughs> oh yeah, make him do it. No, 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 no. make him do it. You know what? Make Darren, him do it. Go right ahead. You can. You have can at it, buddy. No. Yep. You know what? And Chapman will tweet out the response. Yes, well yes. Done. I'll say. There it is. Darren Millard asked. No, 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 no. Don't even, don't even give him the credit. Just tweet out the response. <laughs> I'd like it to happen more. I want to see someone in the I've NHL. I've never seen it. it in the NHL. I'd love to see it. Huh. Plant the seed, Darren. Let's go see it. Uh, Golden Knights back on the ice tomorrow. Uh, We'll be back with you 4 to 6 tomorrow. Fox Sports, Las Vegas.